Welcome to episode 10 of the Motor City Gameworks podcast. I am your host, Ben Pinchback, and with me tonight are two of my best friends, above average game designers, and my business partners, Mr. Matt Riddle and the Reverend Dr. Adam Hill. So if you're new to the show, Motor City Gameworks is a tabletop game publisher, and we just wrapped our second Kickstarter a couple of weeks ago, Motor City. Fellas, how do you think it went? Good. Awesome. I mean, so... You know, like as we talk about a lot on this podcast, if you listen, we love to be open and honest with folks that are taking the time out of their nights or days or whatever to listen to us. And it went well. It didn't, it, it came in a little lower than Three Sisters. Um, primary culprits being two things, we think. A little bit of a thematic disconnect for some folks, primarily, and we think, you know, Europe and Asia potentially, who maybe muscle cars weren't necessarily part of, you know, their lives. And uh, European shipping, Ben. <laughs> was, That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was a little difficult. So we, we learned a lot on Three Sisters, a lot of good things. And one of the things that we learned is that we didn't charge enough for shipping. So we remedied that issue. Which no no new board game publisher has ever run into that problem. Yeah, we're the first. So that's good. Yeah. So we, we, we figured out that, unfortunately, when you calculate freight and shipping and VAT into the European copies, uh, it's a really big number. A number of very close or higher even than the cost of the game unfortunately so we did the best we could this time and we are you know we did provide a discount from that but a lesser discount than we were able to do on three sisters frankly in ignorance not because we were being nicer guys on three sisters so we've you know, never been that nice that's right <laughs> well that's the whole thing your first project you You're have learning. to do the thing once before you know any of these things you do your exactly. best estimates and then you learn from there so from a back perspective, we were actually pretty close US-wise, like you know, equivalent backers. And even like talk about day one and two, we actually had a bigger day one and, yep. and two combined than Three Sisters did. Right. So out the gate, right. people were excited for Motor City. The hype was there, the followers that were following along, yeah. ready for launch day. Yep. We actually did a bigger day one. Mm-hmm. It's just that long tail of, frankly, probably the international yeah. backers. It, it was. We, we, we didn't have the day over day, you know, 20 some days Correct. in a row. It, you know, we were at, you know, five or 700 instead of 1100 for yep. X amount of days. You know, Type of thing, hundred percent. And I think to be to make you know, be very clear, we're not we're just being honest, not negative. Like it was great. absolutely the campaign was amazing. We're just looking at it like you know, sort of critically, autopsy critically, exactly. Sure. And I think what the two things that I that I learned from it was as we move forward, you know, having a little bit better day one, you know, value picture, like showing folks why backing on Kickstarter matters. And then you know, if we can figure out a, a better way to do European, we can't. But you know, we ended up with literally less than. 30%, I think, of the, of the EU backers this time. That's just the nature of the fact that shipping was a lot more. So overall, though, and I, I was using those, those are the things I've been thinking a lot about. Like how do we, as we move forward into the next campaigns and down the road, how do we, how do we get some of those folks back? And I don't know that we can. Yeah, and we're always very honest on this podcast about how we're doing business, how, yeah. we're, how, we're, how we're doing things. And we've been very upfront that we're subsidizing shipping to some amount mm-hmm. to all the backers. We're yep. literally kicking in some money to try to get shipping lower for people. And the the thing that um, is funny when people are all angry if they're posting in the forums or whatever, and they're like, oh, so-and-so figured out European, and they're only charging X. And what you won't say in that forum post, because mm-hmm. you don't want to be rude, but we'll say on our podcast because we're honest here, is... All that person figured out behind the scenes is they're supplementing more behind the scenes. X company that tricked you into thinking they figured out some deal or they have some magic partner, mystical partner that no one else can find. Dude, all they did is subsidize more behind the scenes. That's literally all they've done. Even to the point where, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, so we're looking right now, you know, we, Three Sisters has been out for a while now. We'll get to that in a minute. And it's going super well. So, you know, that has given us an opportunity, you know, not announcing anything, but we... Kind of announcing things, I guess. We'll probably get back with 
our previous partner. I was like, I don't know how we don't announce it. How are you gonna? I was walking. I was wanting to see how you're gonna meander through that. Well, I was gonna. We haven't. Nothing's official, but we, you know, we are <laughs> just most, announce it. Fine. Twenty fifth century games. We'll be doing the retail that's release. Twenty fifth century 25th games. Twenty fifth century games. Wonderful partner. That's Amazing been a partner. Great agreement. You know, between yep. us and them, it's been going phenomenal. It, with it has sisters. Been. And for Motor City, they're going to come back and, and do it again. And. The reason that's important is because it allows us to plan on a retail release, and because we were able to get it early in the campaign, we don't need to have any delays. We can, you know, right now when we're we're working really hard to get Motor City, you know, hit the print button as soon as so we can. Close. So we're close, so close, and we can include those retail copies in there, which allows us to combine freight. It doesn't save us any money, frankly, because the more freight, the more things you freight, the more expensive it costs. But still, it, it saves some effort, and it's good news because it, it means that. Three Sisters was successful enough that he felt, you know, they felt like there was an opportunity to to kind of do it again. So it's it's been good. You know, the thing with the Motor City files that made me think about is um, oftentimes people will wonder if stretch goals are, you know, fake, if you were going to do it anyway, or if they're real. And honestly, we've been in plenty of campaigns, mm-hmm. Matt, where it's like, yeah, you got to plan a couple stretch goals because it's like, if you're only planning on making eight grand, you know, you better plan on overfunding to some yep. level. So yep. you're going to have a couple stretch goals. But honestly, in our two campaigns for Motor City Gameworks, dude, most of the stretch goals are so legit. Like the backers are making the game better. We're adding things. And the file prep made me think of that. We did not go into this campaign thinking, hey, we're going to make this game five players. No, the right. backers made that happen. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why the files aren't completely 100% done right. is we have to change the box, the rule book, the, yep. the pads, uh, not the pads, but the, the board. All, like, all uh-huh. these things have to change when the backers make the game better. Yep. It's a real thing. These a lot of these stretch goals, and, and not only that, you know, I, I'm going to let I'll Adam mention this in a minute. But like the Bob's, right, was something where we said, you know, we talked about how so we had the, the certificate, certificate expansion, which is a fun little expansion, but it doesn't have a lot of pop, like from perspective of like the bits. It's a little tile full of tiles. It's it's fun, but we like, you know, we really like something with some meeples and a chance to do another neat meeple and stuff. And you know, do we have, do we have any ideas? And people. Like a key, or it turns out a keepole was the answer. I can't answer. believe that one won, by the I didn't way. Either. I was a little grumpy. I mean, I like my key, but come on. I was shocked. Honestly. I just backed a game. Have you seen Audubon? Uh, I, I, I saw the preview. They have a bunch of keepoles. Oh, you're killing. I thought we were the first keepole. We were. And they so, don't exist yet. Oh, okay. This thing just launched on Kickstarter. Yeah, just now. So we we'll will be the first. Us. Absolutely. I was kind of voting for that little motor, the Me little too. check engine Me symbol. Too. I thought that one was good. I thought the motor was it. good, too. The point is, to that point, though, the, the Bobs was, you know, we, we have ideas that we know if we need, but we had to design and test, and to, to Ben's mm-hmm. point, right, now they're doing file prep, we have to do the files for it. They didn't exist three weeks ago, so we couldn't, you know, I, we try very hard to plan ahead. We try very hard to be prepared and be ready to go as quick as possible because for a lot of reasons, but primarily we want to get the games back over here as quickly as we can. You know, to stay ahead of the new year, stay ahead of Christmas season, get off the boats in time, all that stuff. We were just talking before we started recording how missing 2021 by a couple days cost us, frankly, thousands. Thousands of dollars. Thousands. It did. (laughs) And that's, like you said, as a publisher, three Mm -hmm. three dudes running a company, it's literally thousands just right out of our bank account. It was just instead of paying 2021 shipping rates, we paid 2022 shipping rates in the U.S. And there's absolutely nobody to blame for that. It's all just global shit. And frankly, we were... um, I was amazed, frankly, Matt, you mm-hmm. know, you do all that work and Adam, you're learning that we got it out as quick as you did, that we only had the couple, mm-hmm. the little delay that we did 
Um, it was awesome that we even were able to ship when we did. Yeah. So it was nobody's fault. It was just one of those things where, hey, you, we got it out a lot quicker than most people did, frankly. Mm-hmm. But we missed 2021 by a couple of days. It's right. like, hey, write that check because here's yeah, your new quote. <laughs> and to miss it by a couple of days because there, it was in the United States water, but it hadn't been unloaded because there were harbors further up the coast that had, that had taken more days than they were supposed to take mm-hmm. yeah. because of the shipping crisis. Do you remember and, and watching like, that boat? And You're jobs. like, how long is it going to be in the Atlantic Ocean? Like a hundred miles from where it needs to be. And it, and it was so, is it circling? It was it's doing just, a toilet bowl. It was so painful to watch it miss by two days. I know. And Basically. then them say, Oh, we're going to have to pay the 2022 rates. And there's nothing you can do to say, no, we're not. <laughs> do you want your games? I do. They were like, we can just drop them in the water here. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if that's what they do or what, but we. So, it was it was a fun time to watch that happen. It was. Um, I, I mean, to be to be, you know, there's there's a trade off, right? We fell into 2022, but it also took us out of the Christmas season, which has got you know surcharges and all this crazy stuff. So the reality of it is that you know, and I don't mean this in any disrespect or, or harm towards these companies, but the freight companies and the shipping companies, and I'm talking DHL, FedEx, they're like, or you could deliver it yourself. Yeah, right. And they know you can't, so they can charge whatever they want. They can That's raise like the prices the old, whenever uh, they want. Saturday Night Live thing. We're the gas company. What are you going to do? Build a fire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing is, like, so me and Matt, we always talk about our hubris, our own egos. Mm-hmm. It is probably a lot better for us, ego wise, that Three Sisters is a 2022 game. Because being on the tail end of 2021 yeah. sucks. It does. You get we'll, more ignored. Like yep. we might actually get in the conversation of some of these 2022 right. games. You know, we're in play now. It'll be a little. You know, we'll have to see if we. You know, split the vote because Motor City's gonna be 2022 as well. So we're gonna have. If we do it right, I guess yeah, it will be. I mean, yeah. I don't see how it couldn't be. I'm gonna knock on wood, but not really. Um, so you know, hopefully, we don't get like split votes. Like you know, they say you know. You, but I, I do. I'm, I'm with you. I think Three Sisters has an opportunity to. You know, there's a chance those January games get forgotten by the time you're doing your year-end lists. But if you go to BGG and you look at, you sort it's a, it's a 2022 release. We we did that because it had not got to the states yet. It had pre-released a little bit in Asia and Europe, but the primary retail release in the, in the Kickstarter film was 2022. So, so yes. Adam, Motor City, second Kickstarter campaign. Your first one went crazy, quarter of a million. Godspeed. This time though, you had way more skin in the game. Because we talked about on the early podcast, what you need for a gaming company, you need good ideas, a lot of hard work, and all of Adam's money. So Right. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Um, and I liked uh, I liked everything that happened there. Uh, I, you know, obviously you would love to make, you know, all the money in the world on every game that you do, but um, such a strong start in those first two days. And then to carry through, I know for some folks it felt like, you know, and, and I don't know if it's because they're just not used to the way Kickstarter campaigns usually run for companies our size and for games this size, you know, for $30 games as opposed to like $100 games. Um, and as opposed to major company, you know, campaigns like a CMON campaign makes, it seems like they're making like tens of thousands of dollars a day, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. a day. And so when people see, you know, your game make $800 in one day because you're in week, you're on like day 13 and then they're like, boy, this thing's really dropping off. You're like, ah, Nah, the middle, the middle, you know, fifteen days are not a lot of movement in most yeah. campaigns, and so it's kind of that you, the, the, you get the bookends, um, and, and so 
but we we were able to sustain um, interest and great feedback, and once again, participation. People commenting and talking back to us uh, and giving us great feedback, whether it was, hey, I really hope you do this special die, the the, the, the special custom die on all the dice. We continue to learn a lot about dice, don't we? Mm-hmm. We continue to learn a lot about dice. <laughs> and, and and it's just it, so many cool things that come that, that, that are able to, it, I don't know, there's an emergent sort of process that makes makes the game better mm-hmm. throughout the Kickstarter. And that's just fun to watch again. And it it's fun to watch kind of, you know, your your puppet become a real boy. You know, like, like it's a real game. And, and people are actually wanting to, you know, make it this way. And then you get to see all the people talk about it and be excited. I love watching content creators and all the work that they do. Um, and, and, you know, even though I, I especially love the ones who say, look, the, the theme is a miss for me, but the game is super solid. You know, and you're not, you're not, this, this is going to be super fun, uh, even mm-hmm. if cars aren't your thing, you know, and, and, and to see people say like, wow, this is a step up in complexity, uh, but it's super worth it. And, and just to discover things and then be like, this is a real Euro game. Uh, just those kinds of moments yep. are fun to watch, uh, you know, because there's a, I don't know, there's just a whole lot of exploration going on. And so it's sort of, I don't know, it's always an adventure and I was, it, it was cool. I was really glad to see it do well. I can't wait for it to hit the streets and just see the general reaction because it is, it's a loaded roll and write. It's like a Euro game on paper, like our other games, but it is so different. People aren't going to say, Oh, this is fleet. The dice game re-implemented again. Like it is so different Mm -hmm. in a very unique ways that it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then I'll be really interested to see where people kind of stack up um, as far as, oh, this is the heaviest or the thinkiest. Because right now, people are like, you know, there's Hadrian's Wall, mm-hmm. you know, Fleet the Dice, Three Sisters, uh, Dinosaur, Island Roar and Right. Those are the ones that come up a lot with like the heavier right. Right, rights. Right. I'll be really interested to see interested to see where Motor City kind of stacks up consumer opinion mm-hmm. on that. I, I feel like when you play it, it feels heavier. Like mm-hmm. it feels like the heaviest of ours that we've done. Just because of that mental mm-hmm. load of I'm selecting this die and this, oh my God, these are all the things that's going to happen with. At bare know. minimum, I got one bonus and two actions out of that one die. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's your start. Lot. That's your that's your beginning. The start of your turn. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ceiling is some bouncing. And then you get combos. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot going on, and and I I've enjoyed watching people find that, and then get excited about it. You know, folks that play a lot of rolling rights that are like, you know, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, this is awesome. How, how much you've done here with this? And we keep talking about it. You know, we say we're going to keep making these if, if it, you know, as long because there's so much unexplored territory on how you can use the dice and how you what you can do to make that action selection thing happen. And we're exploring that, and it's fun to watch people explore it with us. It is. And be like, oh my gosh, this is a really unique game. This isn't the same game re-implemented. Like you didn't say, oh, we've got a pretty good hit with Three Sisters. Let's just do that again. Yeah, totally. You know, different. put a different theme on it, but do it again. And that's not at all what this is. Yeah. So we've been working loader. So we got Fleet the Dice game. We got Three Sisters. We got Motor City. And we've been making these games nonstop for the last couple of years. Is there anything we can share yet about the next? even loaded roll and write is is there anything we can share not officially we, not, we can't not, say the partner we can i think we could say that it's coming there eventually is, there is someone. a game coming that has been signed yes. um that when it was ours mm-hmm. can we say the name of what it was when Absolutely. it was ours? uh okay so durango 
um, which was another one of our loaded roll and writes. Uh, it would be loaded and roll right number four. Right. Yep. We yep. have a we have a publisher that has decided to uh, sign that, and they are going to be um, manufacturing and distributing that. It is it is we're the designers. Yep. Uh, but it is not a Motor City GameWorks game. Um, because the three of us have real jobs and we've said all along, we don't have the bandwidth to do two, right. three, four, five of these a year right now. We are doing one a year right yep. now. It's currently constructed and we're always at this point going to design faster than we can publish. Yeah, exactly. Right. We we're, were running ahead with designs versus publishing time. So instead of sitting on, you know, what, what's right now, basically three designs that we like right. and say that, okay, that's 23, 24 and 25. We're like, well, hold on. And Durango was ready. It was ready to go. And Durango and was so 100% ready it was, to go. are we going to, you know, we're starting the process of, of Motor City's Kickstarter knowing that we've got another game ready. Right. Do we sit and wait and then say, okay, the things we're working on now are two and a half years out. Right. Um, or are we going to see if there's someone else who wants to publish one of pitching? these? And we did, and we pitched it, and it was pitched successfully. And so that's been signed. I look, to, I look forward to sharing more news. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that Durango will be a real boy as well. It will be. To me, that is the most Euro-y Euro of our loaded rolling rights. Yeah, I would. I was thinking about this because even though it, you know, like if if we were uh, if we were is, Michael Michael Co, this would be like our tiny epic Euro. To me, yeah, I would say it's complexity wise. I don't know if it's. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it equal to Fleet Dice. I'm gonna say it's less than Three Sisters in Motor City equivalent to fleet dice from a complexity standpoint maybe a little easier but not a lot easier that's not a lot i think it's a little easier to i think it's easy to grok it is easier to grok than yeah that's that's anything that motor city is doing yeah so since it'll be coming out you know in the next year or so um do you want to share a little of your inspiration behind when people play durango they might feel a flavor of sure I some think, famous euro games i think yeah. that maybe influenced you. probably the one i can that think of notice, one for sure yeah, the one that they'll notice the most is puerto rico <laughs> and that's not a bad game to be inspired by by the way it's like no, top it is five not. for me hey, still to this day. i was well, gonna say to brag on adam for a second Ben wanted to do Puerto Rico the dice game. I did a bad version of it. He did a bad version of it. This was like five years ago. Right, gave up and kind of said to Adam one time, I had a bad version of Puerto Rico the dice game. Adam's like, okay. And challenge accepted. Of Puerto Rico the dice game, as it turns out. And he did in like three weeks. He called it Durango. It's pretty. What you'll notice that will feel familiar if you've played Puerto Rico is that you draft the dice that you place on a particular action and then every player gets to take that action. The follow. It's got the you know, follow. So it's got the Puerto Rico f- action follow. Um, and then if you're the one choosing it, you get a little kicker for being the person who chooses it. So Thanks, Andreas Stedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andreas Seaforth. Seaforth. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's our... Uh, but that, that one in the action system, you'll probably notice and say, oh, this has the feel of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, it's also got some other pieces to it, but that's probably the one that will that's jump the main off the one. page at people. And, and I think too, what's interesting for me about Durango is that so it's gonna it's gonna come from overseas first. Again, I can't say who or where, but that'll be interesting too for us. Uh, I mean, Ben and I've done that on a couple card games, but it'll be interesting for a more of a board Euro game. But the, from gameplay perspective, what's what's neat is is that it's less inherently comboy as say the Motor City games but it's like a snowball game so like the first turn's pretty quick mm-hmm. second turn's a little quicker or a little a little slower but you know and then all you know 
your turns just are getting longer and bigger and longer and bigger and longer and bigger. So by the end of the game, things feel like you're steamrolling. You feel like you've, you know, like things are happening bigger and more and it's just it gives you good it leaves you with a good feeling, the, which I always like in right. games. The thing I like most that you accomplished, Adam, that makes it feel a little like the old Puerto Rico bones is you're really rewarded for doing a little zig when others zag. If everybody's in on one thing and you can be the you know the person doing something slightly different, right. it mm-hmm. really can reward you in that, and that's a really good feeling. That's really yeah. satisfying too. It is. No, there's not just one dominant thing to do. If everybody's doing this thing and I do it slightly different over here, like like in Puerto Rico, right. I always love being the dude with his own sugar boat. If yep. you've played Puerto oh, Rico, yeah. I'm the only one with sugar. And by the way, that boat is mine for the next three turns type of mm-hmm. thing because I went right. this way when y'all went that way, and you really captured that in Durango, and I love that about it. I'm super excited by it. I, the, the conceit of the game Durango where the name comes from is that um, there is a rail line that runs through Colorado between Silver City and Durango and Durango was kind of a boom town and basically you could create a homestead manufacture and, and, and produce goods and then send them up the rail on the narrow gauge railroad the Durango narrow gauge railroad up to Silver City and sell it there. Uh, and that was how you would try and generate profit. Well, what happens in Durango is the train is going to come through three times, and your goal is to try and have produced uh, goods that can be sold and sold effectively at this new place. Um, and so uh, to do that, certain goods, and there's limits on the train, what all they're accepting, you know, how much how much of each good they're going to take. Uh, and so if, you're, if you have like eight crops, you know, worth of tobacco... And they say, we're really only taking three in tobacco, you know, then, then you've got a whole lot more than you know what to do with. Uh, and so if everyone's piling on cattle and you're like, ha, I went flower or I went moonshine, then you can, you can hit it really big. I love the moonshine, by the way. Now, oh, yeah. this always happens to me. Now, I, I'm assuming uh, the publisher is currently going with the theme, but who knows? They could throw it in space because that's what always happens space, to me. That's, that's where my probably, games go. It'll probably be in space just, by the time it gets back to I us. I was just looking <laughs> because that reminded me. And we've got so we did get the, we got the official signed you know contract back from their you know their president or whatever, which is awesome. And we're we're working with the developer, and uh, yeah, we'll see what they have to say. I, we'll I think they like the theme, you know, because there is a bit of a while. It's not you know truly like old west and like the gunfight at the okay corral type thing it has that vibe which is a vibe that they like and it was interesting too like a saloon who doesn't like a saloon exactly uh-huh. i was one. thinking and just really the you know, last thing on the design too is i was thinking about this about durango actually uh two nights ago i was, I was playing a prototype on um online a digital prototype of a roll and write and it's a much much lighter roll and write than what we do and the game was actually it was very clever it was very fun you were you know you're it's based around drawing constellations, which is really fun, and you're filling your map up. The only issue that I had with the game was that it was one of those, and Ben and I have done games like this, um, and you they can work, but they're hard, is where a game gets tighter, not looser as the game goes on, right? So mm-hmm. your last turn or two aren't less fun, but they're harder, and not always in a good way, because you just might not get to do things because your board's full, you don't get the thing you need, or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, not doing anything on that last turn sure made me feel good. Exactly, and it's a really dangerous thing to leave players with yeah. a negative... We, that's we that knock mall thing. I was going to say, do we just call that the knock mall? That's, that's the knock mall for me. That's the mall, right? Uh, little, little Morocco, as it turns out. <laughs> <If you> look, <laughs> Our game Morocco on BGA. There's a chance that Morocco <laughs> Go has... to Board Game Arena and play Morocco. Morocco. Listen, I love Morocco, but you can have a pretty bummer last turn, <laughs> sure where can. those things are not helping you. 
Um, so the point is, it, it just it, in, in comparison to Durango, which has the opposite, where you're right. you're steamrolling by the end of the game. Either way, no one's played Durango yet. You guys listen to us talk about it for 20 minutes. But look it's going to be it. great. It's coming out probably in the next year, yeah. and we're super yeah. excited about it. So, Matt, back to the exciting topic of logistics. We yeah. were talking about Motor mm-hmm. City. All those learning experiences yeah. from, you know, kickstarting Three Sisters, you paid the factory, got it on container yep. ships, had multiple freight partners, yep. you know, et cetera, you know, fulfillment partners. What did we learn? Are there huge things we're going to do different or just some minor tweaks? Yeah, great question. City? So what we learned is that it's expensive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but beyond that, we learned, I mean, there are things that I can do quicker because I don't have to ask questions and wait for answers. I know the answers mm. already. Not significant, though. And what I would say that we learned is that, and I mean this respectfully, because I'm not. This is not an excuse for small businesses, but because I'm very critical of small businesses. If you listen to me talk a lot of times, I think whatever. Uh, you, but you, you can't. If you're a small business, please communicate well. Return right. emails. Uh, for try example, to hit communicate deadlines. well. Don't ghost people for weeks on end. All those things. Don't say, oh, because I was prepping for this con, and mm-hmm. oh, I'm so tired after the con. Like, guess what? All of us are. Yeah. We're I mean, all working jobs. We're all exhausted. We all have kids. We're all doing the thing. Like everybody's tired. Everybody's overloaded. Answer the emails. If you're in business, just answer the emails. Right. Just get back to people. <laughs> or, <laughs> not, or don't be in business. Not where I was going, oh, but sorry. all true. Well, that's what uh, Matt always says. That was me being mad. Yes. Yeah, so if you're I mad at somebody, say. be mad at Matt. It's all true. But, but communicate. The point please. is, what I did learn though is that it's very difficult because, you know, so here's what we're going to face. I'm, I'm going to talk about Three Sisters a little bit now. Uh, so as we manage the freight for Motor City, it's very dependent on, you know, so the reason there's a bit of a delay between hit, hitting the magic button with the factory and the game's actually being completed is there's about a 60-day, you know, production lead time kind of thing for production. But ahead of that is file prep. And the factory has file prep to do. And there's a, a back and forth where they they create their factory files off of your print files. You have to review those. And that takes weeks. It just does. So even if we hit the button next Wednesday, we're probably looking at you know middle of May before production actually starts, which means now you're in end of July before production is actually done. And all those dates stack up. Well, what's an interesting challenge for us is that we're looking at Three Sisters now and saying, okay, do we need, do we need a reprint, which would be amazing, right? Because we printed 8,000 of these things, and that means we've sold 8,000 of them since January, basically, which is fantastic. And, and that's, frankly, the key for a small publisher to mm-hmm. have like some decent income and a shot of sticking around right. is for all this effort you put into making a yep. game, hopefully it's not just a one and done. Because if exactly. you have a, if you stack a bunch of one and dones, your effort to success ratio it's terrible. Yep, you really need a tail on your yep. games if you're going to be viable at all. Exactly. And here, Ben, <laughs> is the challenge of that tail. And here's what we're facing yes, as sir. a company right now: is that you, you know, the way to keep selling games is to have games available in, in distribution. Right. That's profound. The problem is to sell games. You have to have games to sell. Exactly. But how long does it take to get that next Great round question, of ben. games available to the sell? The problem is you don't know you need games until. You, so really, what happens until is you need them? Until you need them. So we're in, we're facing a situation where we we had. 3,000 and change U.S. backers on Kickstarter, give or take. So those people are already customers that already have the game. Then we had another almost 4,000 that were retail uh, as part of our retail release, which was basically, what, March 9th? Is that what it was, give or take? Something like that. Yeah, so we're talking five weeks ago. You're never going to know until the third or fourth week if there's what's called reorders. Reorders basically means the game stores have actually sold Three Sisters and want more. So, Which is the dream. Which is what you want to have happen. The problem is... We don't know that's happening until a month in, and a month in, we're down to like hundreds of copies, and it takes 
three months at least to print and ship copies back over here. So there is 0% chance that we're not going to go out of stock, which sucks because in theory we're we're missing out on, on momentum and sales. But the problem is to make the decision to have more copies, you'd have to decide that before we delivered the Kickstarter to get them on time, which is impossible. It's an impossible decision. And at that so, point, you would have just printed 10,000. Right, or you'd have printed 10,000 in the first place. Yeah, but exactly. you just you just don't know. You know, people. I remember people getting hot and bothered about Stegmeier only printing 10,000 wingspans. That's a lot. And so he didn't know he needed 100,000. No one did. Yeah. So, you know, we looking he at sold it, a million, right? He has sold a million now. Yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> yes, <laughs> needed a few more than a hundred thousand. But, but that's yeah. my, but that's my point, though. Even when he made print that first ten thousand, he had no idea he ever would need a million, let alone twenty thousand or thirty thousand. So we're sitting here now, five weeks post retail release, and it's a good problem to have, guys, because we that means we've sold four thousand retail copies in a month, which is fantastic. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. When you say it like that, it sounds great. It does because it's great. But the, I love this problem. It's it's a good problem. But when we were talking about like paying a bunch of money to order more and ship more, just like an hour ago, yes, before the podcast, it didn't feel as so great. But now it sounds great, right? So when we talk about it, it's great. But to Adam's point, what that means is cutting a couple of big checks again to get the factory to print three thousand, five thousand, whatever it is more to get those on a ship and get them over to you know a warehouse to ship them out. That takes time. So we are looking at you know probably running out of copies on the distribution side. Call it this month. You know, give or take. I'm just making up numbers here. And that means they probably run out in retail a couple weeks after that. So we're going to face Three Sisters going dark, quote unquote, probably sometime in June. So if you don't own a or copy May. of Three Sisters yet, Go get one. you should probably yeah. get one now if you want to have it in time for like early summer. Yeah. And listen, we're gonna, the publisher, will, you know, 25th Century Games will hold back copies for Gen Con and Origins so people can buy it there. But from a distribution perspective, we're going to have a couple month gap where it's not going to be available. And that stinks, but it's just the, it's just a real world issue with the fact that a small publisher doesn't you, you can't make decisions until you have data. And by the time you have the data, you're three months away from having And then you run and hit reprint in that three month gap. You hope when you show up in three months with your big still. pile of games, people still want them. And yep. they're not like, No, we moved on to the other That thing. is one hundred percent the biggest risk. That's what sinks companies. It is. That's how Motor City Game Works stops existing. Because we hit print on three thousand copies and by the time they get here in July or August, people are like, Nah. We don't want that anymore. Well, but you wanted it in May. Like, yeah, too bad. That was May, suckers. So that is a legitimate risk. And I, I will say, and I mean this you know, as humbly as possible, our track record is that our games continue to sell. Like, we, you know, I'm talking about Ben and I, but, you know, Adam's track record our is good a big ones. now. Our good games. And, you know, but we'll we, have some. We all know what ones we're talking about. Yes. So the games, <laughs> the games that Ben and I have had that have been successful, we've never had a wingspan. No one does, but even we, you know, we've never even had a ten percent of a wingspan. But what we have had is a higher than average percentage of games that continue to sell over time. You know, Fleet and Pete Mott's and Stellar and Subastral and Fleet the Dice Game and I think that's pretty much. I think yeah, I got them all. those are the good those ones. Are, those are good ones. I mean, they're all great. I love all my right. children, but, but those are the ones. You know, so we, we they have can't a, all be astronauts. They, man. Cannot they all can't be astronauts. all be astronauts. That's true. <laughs> so our our looking at you, Morocco. Looking. <laughs> Yeah. Dang, I love Morocco, but did, no one else too. did. No one else did. Beta Colony. Um, so the ships point is, in though, August. Ships in August. Ships in August. <laughs> Eventually. Next <laughs> August. There was a sign in June that says ship in August, and we had a whole year to tell that joke because it took 14 August. months it after did. that sign it for did. the ship in August. So, and it was the same <laughs> handwritten sign. It was sign. the same sign they saw. They saw it convention. It was the same like handwritten sign on a pink piece of paper. But it oh, just, it was so great. It was great. So uh, all that to say, you know, we've got a, 
you know, we've got a belief that our people are going to continue to want a game like Three Sisters. You know, it, it. So what it really means for us as a business is and, that, and not being cocky, I think they will. I, I do too. All the reviews, the momentum, yep. it shows up on all the lists as far as you know, exactly. best rolling rights, all that. It's in the conversation with Fleet Dice, Hadrian's mm-hmm. Wall, Dinosaur yep. Island, Roller and Wright, yep. Cartographers. Welcome to all the big ones. Exactly. It's in the conversation. I think it's going to stick around. I do too. And what that means for us as a company is that we'll get to do this, you know, this reprint freight game probably, you know, once or twice a year. So, which would be awesome. Which will be fantastic. Because we designed the game once. We did all the logistics, all the file prep, all right. the stuff. And it's nice to get Yes, the amount of work you do for the reprint is much less than you do for the yeah. first printing. Is it, uh, it's not going to be enough that you know, Adam, Ben, and I quit our real jobs. But it's enough that Motor City Gameworks has you know, a, a, steam, a stream of income. Because the reality of it is they're not all going to do this. You know, right. We love Motor City. Motor City might be my favorite of our games. It may be one and done. It may get a retail release and the numbers don't show up. And it doesn't get reprinted, and that's okay because that's what a lot of games do, and you know that's just the reality of, of publishing games. And so we won't yeah. know till three well, weeks. And we won't know stores. until yeah. But it is it is a love. I mean, it's a love letter to mid heavyweight games. Oh no, I'm not speaking I mean, it's Ill like of... it's a no. But I mean, like, so it's it's not made to be. I don't think an evergreen in the hobby game space. That's fair. In so, the way that say fleet or. Uh, Fleet Dice or, or Three Sisters could be, be and, and, and even I think the next game that we may work on. Yeah, so that's a be. super good point. Um, and so it's kind of, because, uh, you know, I designed it in, on, on purpose to be mm-hmm. an homage to what this genre can bring to the heavier side of things. And we're not looking to go any heavier than, than Motor City goes. No, I don't think we ever will. Um, and I don't know that anyone wants us to do that. Yeah. But it, it's kind of, it's a love letter to hobby gamers that like midweight to heavyweight right. games. But what to Adam's to your point though uh, is that what that does mean is that there's it's a smaller audience. Mm-hmm. And that audience does so even some of these awesome heavy euros that you've all heard of have printed one time in a lot of cases. Right. You know because right, right, the right. five thousand people that like those games all buy it. But the problem is there's only five thousand of those people. Yeah, you remember the uh, I think it was a Gen Con we were at. Like we all love Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love Lancaster. Yep. You know, there's a time 10 years ago, it might have been a top, you know, 10 game for us. It might still yeah, be for might you. might still be for me, yeah. We were talking to the owner of Queen, Queen. Games, was yep, it? Yep, And they way overprinted Lancaster, mm-hmm. right? It was like 20,000 copies type of thing. Like, it was it was for sale for cheaper at all the... Yep. Yep. Literally at the con where it was for sale at the booth from Queen, it was yep. already for sale for cheaper from like... The cool stuff and all cool those. Cool stuff yeah. and all those. Yeah. Just because... is And that's a great game, mm-hmm. but they... They overestimated. That's Matt's favorite five-player. It is my favorite five-player euro. It's true. That's yeah, a, that's a fact. It is. It is not my favorite five-player euro. I I love it, but playing against Matt, you're just setting yourself up to get pounded. I'm going. I'm pretty good. We're going to pound Rococo as my favorite five-player. So Rococo is way great. better. Thank you. I, but I wouldn't have put I it. I would have thought of it as a five-player game. It comes with five in I know. the original box. I know. Five. There is a better answer if you want a lighter euro, and that's the old-school Endeavor is great it's great i need five. to play this if you I need, need to a play five this. player euro that literally plays in an hour you need endeavor it's yeah. amazing and it i haven't an played the new one from grand gamers guild but i'm assuming it's awesome yeah you know new art the whole show so a couple other things in news with three sisters yeah we're having really good traction on the foreign partnerships the foreign languages we are yeah, so I won't, and we, we talked about this before, so we're just very quickly. They keep, they keep roaring in, we man. Do. We're, we'll we're have, huge in other languages, I as it turns out. I think in 2022, we should see German, Chinese, Korean, Spanish, Spanish Italian. Italian, and possibly Portuguese in Brazil. Yeah. Which would be pretty cool. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So, guys. No French. 
Anybody French out there? Come on, guys. We got an email me. the other day. Did you follow up on that one? That wasn't French. No, they no, did. No, there was. At there the was an email. email. They said, also, we might know some French people that are oh, interested. Yeah, yeah, he was a salesman. Oh, killing me. He was like, send me a copy and I'll try to sell it for you. I'm like, oh, get out of here. That's not what we're looking Why for. Why is it the French publishers don't want three sisters I, I, yeah, that's I, the major one that has had zero interest i even have a lead and i and i emailed them they've not got back to me yet from a french publisher that works with the publisher that's doing three sisters like in a different language okay so godspeed right my first game mm-hmm. um when it published it got great reviews it's it, it's still doing really well on bgj and bgg in terms of its rank and all of that except every every person from poland <laughs> Who has ever rated the game? I think our highest Polish rating is a four. Wow! Like, and and there are multiple. Like, there's lots. Not not lots, lots, but like at least five. Mm-hmm. And every <laughs> like people in Poland did not like that game. And I'm not sure what. When did you guys offend Ignacy yeah, Tevichek? I don't know. Legion when of we fans. Got like, wh- what did you do to did. make them all mad? But like, it's funny because like everywhere else in Europe, we're doing pretty well, and then we're like, wow. As long as we can avoid another Polish review, we'll be doing great <laughs> because they do not like this game. Like, I don't know yeah. what it did, but did, did Fleet get French? Just happens. Fleet dice. Fleet dice. I don't remember. Because I, I was trying to think of what, what we've The had. original fleet got that European sure with did. the multi-language rules that the, nobody bought to this day. No, like 10 that, years there's later. a lot of those laying around still. <laughs> yeah, there sure uh, is. So Eagle Griffin didn't do languages. Sorry, they, this is so... It's a inside This is baseball. radio for two, by it the is. way. When we get our Eagle Griffin royalty reports, which are really good um, mm-hmm. every, whatever, every twice half a year. a year, twice a year, it is so funny to me, unfortunately, that our fish meeples make us more money than a couple of our games. Than Morocco. Like and Morocco and floating so market and stuff. Like literally like, <laughs> like we 10 always, bucks on fish meeples and like a dollar. You know, we, we always talk about how good Eagle Griffin's been to us because they have been. They have been. They're great to um, us. But one of the things that's interesting about them is they have their own warehousing and such because they at one point, right, they had a you know bit of a, a foray and distribution. Yeah. So they, they all sell games for perpetuity. Forever. Forever. They have no so, reason to offload right. them for cheap. So they but, sell about three floating markets a year. <laughs> I think they're looking at like 2027 being out of those finally. They sell more fish meeples than that, I tell you they that. They do. And there's a thousand Euro copies. You have that Euro fleet version, which is basically just fleet with like four different rule sets in it. Yeah, nobody wanted that. Yeah, either way. So the point, all that to say, I think we've got like Stellar in French and Peat Mots in French. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I love Peat Mots. If you like ask me point blank what our... What's your favorite game you've made? I'd say probably Fleet Dice because that one kind of changed yeah. the game for me. But Peat Mots is right stinking there. It's pretty close. You know, it's funny because somebody was tweeting at us and Lookout about Peat Mots, and they seemed open to digital Peat Mots on BGA. Really? Yeah, like Lookout. Lookout be a blast. Blast. Oh, oh Lookout, my god, I would love that. Yeah, the Lookout Twitter account responded with, "Oh, oh come we, on. we would consider BGA." Lookout Games, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, please put Peat Mots on board game. Arena. I'm going to reach out to them. I. I I had flirted with them about doing a couple of our other oh, games, but great. they don't do that. That'd be one of those I just have a running game with people. There's a yeah. couple like Azul and um, Seven Wonders mm-hmm. Duel where you just always have a game going with people. I, I've been playing Stone Age for like three weeks with our buddy Piva, and I like Stone Age on there because it's fast. I don't, Stone Age in real life angers me because you know how you're good at Stone Age, Adam? Roll better. Roll better. Roll better. Roll when you get when you roll those four things yeah. for wood, you better roll a high number because you get more, more wood. More pips is more resources. More pips is more wood. <laughs> um, and I turned on all the expansions this time, and they are not better. <laughs> they did not make the game like I like Stone Age, and it, this is like this game is just taking longer, and it's not any better. So I'm gonna turn them all back off next time. But yeah, like exactly, it. it would be totally a BGA running game. So yeah, I like it. 
Adam, all that said, all that awesome stuff going on with Three Sisters, the great campaign for Motor City, going into year two of doing business is strong. I think it's been better than any of us even thought. Yes. You know, one year into actually doing business. I can't help but think of the future. This is how I think. I'm going to put you on the spot. Where do you think we can take this thing? I think we can take this thing. Um, I think we're going to have within within a reasonable handful of years. So within a handful of years, less than five years. Fair. Um, we will have our loaded roll and write series in hand, and we will have tried something bigger. Ooh, I like that. And I don't know what that means necessarily in terms of how much bigger, but I don't think that it's necessarily going to always be loaded roll and write. Um, I don't know that we'll ever lose that as yeah. the core of what we're doing because I think, number one, we have a place in the market that is viable. That I think when people talk about heavier roll and rights, I think they're excited about what our company is doing. Agreed. And then I think the second thing is we're good at making them. And that's that I don't we don't do everything well, but we can we can make these games pretty well. Um, and and so I think they'll always be a part of what we're doing. But I, I would say within five years, for sure, we will have done something bigger than that as far as game size and, and, and component wise. See, I'd love to hear you say that because my beloved business partner is pretty risk averse. I am. And a lot of it is because he carries so much of the load, so much of the logistics burden, so much of the marketing, sales, all that. And he does a lot of things, including this podcast and this company, because I say, hey, Matt, I think we should do this thing. And we kind of drag him along. And then he eventually gets excited, does all the work, Mm -hmm. and he's really whatever. But he's not always the one that's like, you know what, I think we need to complicate this. Go from being just designers to being publishers to being business owners. So if something's working, why upset the apple cart type of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think he would admit that about himself. 100%. Yeah, so, no lies told. But the thought of taking a bigger swing. One of the things Matt said I loved on episode one of this podcast, why are we doing the company? Why did we found Motor City Gameworks? And he said, sometimes you got to take your swings. We took a swing and it's been great. Yeah. And it's really going well. And yeah, I'm not saying next year we're releasing a minis game or we'll ever do a minis game. We have, I kind of think in your way, we've got this lineup of loaded rolling rights that's going amazing. We've got a backlog. We can do this for a while. So I'm not even saying in one year, two year, three years. But like you said, within five years, I could see us taking a swing. It's something like bigger, something with a little more top end potential, right? Something that could be game changing. And this is just how I think about it. And even, you know, we're not rich, we're not quitting our jobs, but the company is solvent thanks to Matt's planning and we're paying our bills, we're building a little bank account up. That kind of allows us to problem solve and and do things. You know, if we wanted to do something that had a little tooling involved, you know, frankly, one of the reasons this company makes loaded rolling rights is there's two reasons. Fleet Dice did amazing. Mm-hmm. It yep. was a game changer for Matt and I. And when we thought about founding a company, we're like, a, we're now known for Fleet Dice. B, there's not a lot of art in Fleet Dice. We don't have to pay a lot of upfront costs. So these games are very efficient cost-wise to make. But now we got a little bit of a war chest going, hey, we could take a bigger swing. We could dream a little bigger. And it always carries risk. Me and Matt were talking about the other day. It always is going to carry risk. If you swing and miss, you just flushed yeah. X grand down mm-hmm. the toilet. But I think I can see, you know, I'm kind of where you're at, that I could see us taking some swings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, lo- I love you for that. Yeah. I love you for that. I haven't caught up yet. Um, I know, and I not, love it. Not just because of the work factor. I mean, you know, we can figure that out. I'm not too worried about that. There is a line, though, right? There's a line where yeah. it turns from because it already is work, but it's like f- somewhat fun work. It's it's also not. It's not hard. It's email. I mean, yeah. I email. That's, that's my job is email, and I just do more of my job, and it's fine because it all works out. Um, you know, there's a line somewhere though where it becomes you know a burden, and I don't know where that line is, and we have not crossed it. And if we crossed it, then I would be less excited, right? So that that is the risk. And then, and like to your point, right? Financially, the risk is that you you, know, you take your swing. And what's interesting, you know, from a business perspective, right? From a money perspective, is you know so. Without getting too deep into the weeds, you know what Kickstarter allows folks like us to do is it allows us to 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 really go out at minimal risk and prove that there's demand for our product and that demand is met before we ever really cut the big checks. Right. Um, if you don't do that, then the all you can do is try to get distribution to buy copies. Well, here's what happens: distribution might buy us some copies, but they're not buying them all. So then you got a warehouse, and you, there's a whole bunch of things that come with. Not to say that we cut out Kickstarter, but I'm saying if you take your big swing with, you know, we, we've been, you know, the game we're working on right now as a, as a team is this, you know, kind of semi-abstract or fully abstract, frankly, themeless, you know, kind of tile of year. You know, like our Azul kind of joke is what we've been calling it. It's funny. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Oh, okay. So, but a game like that, that doesn't necessarily lend itself to Kickstarter means that you're going to say, okay, we're going to do a retail, direct-to-retail release. And guess what? Most of those go away. <laughs> yes, sir. The high percentage of them do. And uh, so that means, you know, if you're, to your guys, to your all's point, if we're at five years down the road or three years or whatever it is, X years down the road, and we're established enough that we believe, okay, we can go to the distribution companies and say, hey, we're going to do this thing. You should give us a PO in advance for X thousand, enough to at least know that we're going to make some direct sales. With some confidence. With some confidence, then, you know, that allows us to take those risks. But it is still a risk because the reality of it is most games go away. Yeah. And if your game goes away, you just... Basically. To your point, it sounds pretty easy to say, well, Jamie Stegmeyer should have printed way more than 10,000 mm-hmm. Wingspan because he sold a million. But if you remember, he didn't kickstart Wingspan. He did not. He had a previous history of successful Kickstarters, and he's, he had the foresight yep. to know, I'm just going to do this one direct to retail. I'm going to do 10,000 copies. Like the foresight... Some might say luck, but it, I don't think it's luck. I think somehow he had the the insight into the demand. He mm-hmm, knew there yeah. would be demand through distribution to yep. take that swing. And there's all these balls in there. But to me, it's exciting. I think of like to me, it's like we're playing a Euro game, but it's our life now. And this company, to me, is a lot like a Euro game about strategizing. And what, what can we do with the resources? Now, we started with a small amount of seed money, and we've grown it, you know, um, right. pretty, pretty well. And now what can we do with that going forward? And mm-hmm. to Matt was saying, when we were talking about this the other day, you still need hits, right? You still need to make games that people want. So yeah. what are we talking about? We need to make a game that everybody wants and then we'll sell more. And and that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, but there's not a publisher out there who's not trying to do that. Exactly. exactly. Well, we're two, all trying to do that. There's two ways, Adam. You either make a hit or you make more games. Well, more games is just more work. And so that means you want to make a hit. Well, no one, everyone wants to make a hit, like you said, yeah. and you can't plan on a hit. It hits luck. I mean, you can certainly try to semi-manufacture yes. the hit, though, with it, some intelligent decision uh, choices right. with maybe more premium components. Maybe you pay a little more for like. Well, and obviously, you need the design to be great. Yes. I mean, like, but you, no one thinks the design sucks. That's right. the thing, right? All these games that come out that I like. I, so if you if you follow me on Twitter, you've noticed I've gotten much nicer because I've decided it's it's not. There's, there's doesn't 
it, it doesn't benefit anybody for me to be mean to a game on Twitter. It just doesn't. So I don't do it anymore. You know, a little bit, but very, very rare. I was about to say, let's tell that to La Granja, but yeah. <laughs> but pretty rare. El Grande. El Grande. El Grande. El Grande. Okay. Um, but, Blood to your, rage. but to your point, though, Adam, right, is that there's so many games that come out, and everyone thought this game was going to be awesome or a hit or whatever, and most of them are not. And the reality right. of it is no one really knows. You know, I've told the story a hundred times, but the whole thing with, like, you know, you're, you did Blood uh, not Blood Rage, Jesus. I Godspeed. Did you did not do Blood Rage. Uh, Godspeed, right, was, was a successful game. It was. And it took a path very much like Weds. And if we'd all gone back four years, we all thought Weds was going to be a smash hit. That's Wasteland Express, Wasteland Express Delivery, Delivery Service. Service. You should go buy a copy now. You should, because it's still available five years later. And it did... Very affordably. It is very affordable. But it, it is a great super, pickup and delivery Well, that's game. one of those things that burned super hot yep. for a few months. And then went away. You hit reprint a couple times. And in the middle of one of those reprint cycles, the demand goes away. Yep. It, that's kind of what happens So then you're sometimes. selling them for four more years. Yeah. And the point I was getting great at basically game, by was the way. that it is a great design. game. And it was, and the, that publisher... Space Vikings! It was Space Vikings. And Panasaurus Games did everything right. They, they did. did all the components right. They did the marketing right. They did the art right. They went right. all in. They went all in. And they were successful. The game that's the hit for them was Dinosaur Island, which came out like a month after Weds. Also with, by John Gilmore also on the with Gil, Also team. with Gilmore on so the he design team. He did. I love you, John. John's the best. And, you know, they ended up with a hit, but it wasn't the one and that Brian thought. Lewis. Don't leave him out. Brian is great. Love you, Brian. It's true. The point is what? The point is no one, no, no one knows nothing about nothing, and we're all just guessing. That's right. So. But we're going to guess big. That's what I'm telling sure. y'all. You and never you're know. not excited now, I, but you're going to be. I said bigger. We're going to yeah. guess bigger. We're not so, doing minis. We're not doing I'm minis. In between, no, we're I'm, not in doing be, minis. I'm in between Matt no and Ben. No one wants on our minis games. You're in between. You're not more excited than me? I am not more excited than you. Okay. About big. He's in between us is what he's saying. Well, I'm probably the most excited. See, that's where I, I think, get to do yeah, the you're least You're the most actual, excited. He's the least excited, and I'm well, somewhere in the it's middle. It's a ratio of actual work to excitement and vision. Since I have the most vision, I get to do the least amount of actual work. Don't you think that's fair? It sounds amazing. It's kind of playing out. If you had more vision, you could do less work. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that. <laughs> so, we've been working on a fun game yeah. the three of us. We're kind of, we're designing a lot together. Yeah. And I had this thought cuz it's kind of our abstract tile layer. We're <laughs> like, "Hey, we should try to make an Azul. Who doesn't want to make an Azul?" And we we're onto a really great game. We had kind of sold it. It came back to us because the ending wasn't quite working, but it's really awesome, and we've yeah. loved it for years, and we're kind of redesigning it, and yep. the publisher was right. The ending is a little boring, and we mm-hmm. need to fix the ending. I kind of had this thought, though, like, <clears throat> what do you call those games? They call them tile layers, but it's really not It's not fair, because a tile layer to me is like Carcassonne or yeah. Cacao or Glenmore, where you're like kind of freeform. So we're, ta- we're talking like Azul, Mandala Stones. Yeah. What's that one that Uva did? It was just those pretty good, not great, with little discs. You put on the you put on the the tiles you lay out on the big map. Uh, Nova Luna. Yep. And these are like you're taking a nice tile or piece of glass and you're putting it in a predetermined spot. And for some reason, they're classified as tile layers. But really, what should they be called? What are those games? Abstracts. We're trying to make one. Yeah, they're abstracts. They're right? not really tile layers, are they? No, they're abstracts. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Yeah, and. Those little glass pieces. They're just slightly themed. I mean, lightly themed. They're lightly themed abstracts, is what they are, but it's not a very good name. Correct. So I don't know what you should call them because they're definitely, they're they're something. It's its own thing. Like we call Azul because Azul is the head of the class. It totally is. But there is, that that is a thing. And I I actually, after our conversation, right, like we were kind of alluding to a minute ago, 
you know, we are, we have one that we we like in the way, and it, it flows in the way that Azul flows, not gameplay wise, but it has that sort of you know, you're putting tiles in, in places. Like it you triggers said. the same endorphins. Yes, but it triggers the same feelings that a game like Azul does. So I wanted to see, and I didn't do this yet, how many Azul-ish games have come out since Azul, because Azul's a smash hit, and Mandala Stones Adam has, and it's pretty good. Um, they probably thought they had another Azul, and it turns out they didn't. They had a pretty good game, and same thing with like a Nova Luna. So I wonder how many of those, you know, have come and gone that we just we just never saw. It turns out if Michael Kiesling designs it, it's awesome and Fair. it's just as good. Because I just got Summer Pavilion. I remember loving it from mm-hmm. Vacation. That's my favorite one. It's so good, it's fantastic. And guess what? I explained it to my twelve-year-olds in like five minutes. We all played it. Everybody loved it because yeah. it's great. Because Michael Kiesling is one of the greatest designers it's ever. Situationally. The most, the best. It's my least favorite, but situationally oh, the you best. Suck. Well, because it's, it's the least no, fun. No, that's not true at all. It's way better than the stained glass one. Oh I'm no, I like stained glass one way better. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Which which which, which one? Summer Pavilion. Summer's got the Summer Pavilion has the diamond shaped one. Oh, that's the best one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You almost like so. I almost kicked you off the podcast. Oh, so the stained glass one was the worst one. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, it's but still good, but it's the worst. That's one. the one that's the easiest. If I had ever made it, it, it would be like the best design I've ever made. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's it's the weakest yeah. of the, the Azul. The stained one. glass one is better than anything we've done yet, but it's still the worst Azul. Yes. Okay. Totally on the same page. Then never mind. Yeah. But that's one that I would say is like if you're going to buy an Azul to teach a truly new gamer, you're buying the stained glass one. Super easy to teach. Yeah, because even the summer one has some nuance with the free actions. It has the some gamery stuff. Some yeah. gamery stuff. But hey, you know what, though? The 12-year-olds picked it up real quick. You surround the thing, and you mm-hmm. get one, two, or three free things. So uh, they get, you want get that pretty quick. Perfect example of the mess that is worldwide shipping and logistics. Yes. We can't get the fourth Azul yet. Like oh, it's it, not here? It's, it's just not available yet because they can't get it here. Because yeah. it's just stuck somewhere on a ship. Well, didn't the ports close? Um, they were Shang- for, Shanghai. I yeah. think closed for a while. Or was it the other one? I, I sure. Yeah, but one I them, feel like they were closed. They were for a, while. for a couple of weeks. And yeah, so there was literally Goodness whenever gracious. that fourth Azul is like Queen, not Queen's Garden. Queen's Garden, maybe. I think I that's know. what it is. Yeah, Queen's and it's got Garden little cardboard tiles and glass tiles, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it looks <laughs> totally rad. And I want it. I was calling it. Yeah, I was calling it Queen's Reich. But um, that's that awesome. one looks. <laughs> It was Sinatra, spring stuff uh, in Queensryche. Silent lucidity. Exactly. But you can't, the point is, you can't even get like the new Azul because it's taken forever to get here across the boat. And they know everybody wants it. Yeah. They know. It, it came out like late summer in the, I think in Europe. Like there wow. was like Halstead, our you know friend of the show, Dan Halstead, sexy Dan, had a copy like, I'm not kidding, like August, September. Yeah. So we can't get it here. Good. Yeah. He's got the he's got the baritone, the dulcet tone. He oh, does. and then when he does the Richard voice, hey Tiff, Tiff, hey, Tiff. Richard, I miss that so much. Dan, if you're listening, please bring back your podcast. It was a good I podcast. Miss you so much, buddy. Hey guys, Three Sisters Rock Garden was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was fun. We yeah, did yeah. that as an add-on for the Motor City campaign. We sure did. Mm-hmm. I might have started an expansion for Three Sisters. We'll see where it goes. We're always honest on this podcast. Yep. I don't know if the real demand will be there or if there's 30 people that want it. I kind of looked into like the Oh My Goods campaign thing, where it's mm-hmm. like this solo thing where the game changes and be different score pads. And I was texting y'all about like form factor, like what if we did the half size box and we could pack it full and then people could ditch the insert of the original and everything would fit in the box and I don't know. I got like two nights into it and I'm kind of turning, but I might be designing a thing that 50 people want and it goes away and dies. But I we'll does, see. I bet it does better than that. Don't worry. Yeah. I've got a design for a Motor City expansion that is huge and it's awesome. Nice. But I don't know that it'll ever see the light of day. <laughs> but it's so good. 
Yeah, we'll have Crazy. to. We'll let you know in about seven months if that's it, right. If it's needed or not. I know. So I, what Ben's alluding to, we'll, we'll be honest, is a solo thing, right? It's yeah. like a solo campaign for Three Sisters because the solo folks are amazing. Really embraced rolling rights. Yes. You know, for a lot of reasons, right? They're very easy to set up. Yeah. To the point where, you know, we, we have to talk to new publisher, an undisclosed publisher about Durango, because Adam developed a solo mode for that. That was that was working really well last time we played it. And it's because that audience, they they embrace, you know, the solo with, folks like a rolling right. With Farmer Cooper? With Farmer, uh, no, it was a Cowboy, Cowboy Cooper. Cowboy Coop? Cowbot Cooper. Cowbot Cooper. <laughs> so it's funny because the people that you swear at in our games are our children. That's, That's right. right. When you're cussing out Farmer Edith, you're cussing out Ben's daughter. When you're going to cuss so out cute. Auditor Emma, you're going to be cussing out my uh, soon-to-be graduating senior. So it's part of the deal. And Cooper is Adam's boy. Cooper's, so. Cooper's the next one. But Cowbot Cooper's not too harsh. <laughs> yeah, he's not really getting in your way like Emma and Edith do. But it's so it's great. All right. Adam, it is time. Oh, good. And then I want to return the favor. I've got something for you, too. Oh, that's amazing. So if you have fast-forwarded the first hour to just hear about air frying and stump Adam, you've come to the right place mm-hmm. at the end this of the is podcast. Uh, this is a softball. This is a total softball. So we right. talk about These are the frying. ones that are terrifying. It shouldn't be, though. So we talk about air frying all the time. It got me thinking. There's nothing better than pulling a bag of something out of the freezer and air frying it because it tastes kind of like the restaurant. I'm just going to go right there. I need your top three appetizers. Top three appetizers, like air fried or just... Actually, they can be anything. Air fried made me think of it. Okay, but so that's how we got there with top we got three there, appetizers. But they don't have to be air fried. I'm just saying, give me your top three appetizers. I'm ready. So you take okay. your time. No, I don't, I don't even need to take a lot of time on this because I know number one. Mm-hmm. Number one with a bullet for me is chips and salsa. That's a good one. That's, I, I'm, I'm always down. Carries a lot of mail for yep. our family. We do love the so, chips and salsa. So that's number one. Where's your favorite salsa? Ooh, it, it's, is it super like terrible to say my own? No, like no. I make salsa, like I do homemade salsa. That's awesome, and actually. It's fantastic. Yeah, what so do you I'm, put in it? Jalapenos, serrano, secret it family recipe. Secret stuff. No, uh, I. It is. <laughs> do you cook it or is it just like uh, fresh? It is fresh. Okay, that's uh, how I. No, that's how I like it. I don't I'm actually op- want it cooked. I'm, I'm opposite. I don't of you guys. want it cooked. Do, the fresh salsa is fine. It tastes like vegetables. No, it's like, I, it's that's like why I like. I like vegetables. You know what salsa is? Yeah, but. Like I oh whatever we're what does yours track. taste like ground beef no but I'm saying like, like, like what, are you, what <laughs> are you doing when you're cooking it that makes it not taste like vegetables because fresh salsa Add just tastes the grease like, from the ground beef yeah. <laughs> and cook it no, it's bacon saying. salsa fresh salsa good. tastes like tomatoes and and onions I love that I don't and want peppers. tomatoes that's like, what I want and cilantro but that's what I want yes sir so, but yes, salsa sir. that's been like cooked and jarred has you know no, how, it's sweet you know how chili's better the next day. Because like everything's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yes. I think salsa is the same thing. I think the salsas that are jarred and such. Yeah, you get a little bit of a curing effect with yeah. the salt. It all kind of gets together. It all kind of comes together. Yeah, they're right. always too sweet when they're cooked, though, and they don't taste fresh anymore. Yeah, yeah. What do you put in yours? I need to know. Jalapeno, um, serrano. It, what are we it, doing? Tomatoes, uh, white onions, cilantro, uh, jalapenos, and usually habanero. Ooh, and then you go for uh, it. I, lemon or lime juice. Yeah, buddy. And then salt. I got an um, idea. You have us over for games soon, and you make that fresh salsa with some nice chips. I like the on-the-border chips. I don't know what your chips that you like from, but I've really been into the on-the-border ones. So I had some of the best chips in my life. Yeah, like just the other day, I went to I went to a friend's house, mm-hmm. and like we stopped meal like full stop for me to ask, tell me about these tortilla <laughs> chips and where you're getting these. 
and they're getting them from and I got to remember mm-hmm. where it was because they told me but it was something it's some place I don't go but but you know Trader Joe's or something like that yeah. I, love, I know people love the Trader Joe's it's just not my scene usually uh, and but I'm I'm gonna start. Just for the chips. Because those were amazing. So $8 a bag. Probably. I, I was going to say, I'm actually, I, I'm fine with the on the border, but the bougie, like, ones that come in, like, the different bags are better. Yeah. They, they are. And the donkey chips are good, too. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've brand. seen like, them. I have not had chips, them. They're pretty good. But, like, Emma has found the ones that are, like, so there's, I really like the thin and crispy ones, but, like, that, but the they're. cantina style is the, the official phrase styles, for that. Yes. I do like those, but the, these, like, the homemade ones that are in the bougie bags are pretty great. But yeah, I mean, we're not great. processing as many as you probably are. Well, I got five kids, so yeah. we might buy just four bags of Aldi's chips on the way home. Right, that's what it is. We're volume shooters around here. That's right. Second, second, good, good call by the way. Chips and salsa, yeah. buffalo wings. I was gonna okay. I, I was gonna ask. I I, th- I was thinking through this because I took it off my list. They're in they, the appetizer section. They've turned into a meal though. Oh, absolutely. They have crossed to me because they're so great. They have <laughs> left appetizer and gone to meal. What better compliment? Could you possibly give an appetizer that it can transcend to a meal? But you know saying, what? But see, I, I want you that as that's, my meal. But that's just sort of like quantity, right? Like, would you ever eat just <laughs> chips and salsa for dinner? You wouldn't. Okay, so I have. <laughs> you could. So here's a question then: Would chicken fingers be an appetizer? Yes, they're a meal though. Now they well, also they're, they're always they're always on the appetizer. It's so a quantity it's, thing, right? It is a quantity. Anyway, thing. okay. So well, hold on though. I gotta ask: this, Is it boneless or bone in? For me, my preference is definitely traditional. I'm, traditional. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying You're going boneless. traditional wings. Right. I like both, but I'll order boneless more often. Yeah, because you don't like to have messy fingers. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, get, I feel. Ugh. Yeah, but I like. I the love a bone, I love a traditional wing. But if I, I'm just, I, you know, I can go fork and dip it in the ranch. And have you guys been through. to Beat Ups lately? By the way, that's Buffalo Wild Wings. I have. It's real expensive now. It is, and their fries are the worst. Everywhere's real expensive like, now. But they're the. Biggest no, offender. all the wing places have gone up considerably. They're charging you like a buck, a buck a wing now. Basically, if you're getting a twelve pack, you're giving them twelve dollars these days. It's crazy. I think my favorite local one is Detroit Wing Company, and it's almost two bucks a boneless now. It's insane. Yeah, but like they're so. They're, the problem is they're so good, and they know it. Yeah, they can get away with that I, crap. B Dubs has my Asian Zing is my favorite rando wing sauce. It's okay. I, it's like my it's yeah, my favorite, but right. it's no spicy garlic. I like spicy garlic wow. too. Now where I would have gone. Okay. What are you talking about? It's the best. Okay. Sure. To each their own. I'm not going to like spicy garlic a lot. So what's funny? You, the ha- habanero one. Oh, the, the mango, mango habanero. habanero. Mango habanero yeah. all day. It's a little much for me. I'm I, a little I like it. More of a it wasn't my favorite. Like I like it. So I, I spicy. The point is that parmgar. Their fries are so bad. Parmgar. That I don't go there anymore. Well, obviously, their cheese curds are the I best. I don't go with garlic. On, like garlic is not my yeah, primary. What's wrong with you? Why on, you like on garlic? Wings. Like, and I don't mind garlic on other stuff. What do you have against garlic? Adam? I don't put it in my salsa. I can tell you that. Ooh, interesting. All right. I like I like a classic buffalo. Like I just do. a good old I'm classic. Not, I'm like a hot, but medium. that's why spicy yeah. garlic's better because it's basically classic buffalo with a little bit of a twist, just a little. Just yeah, a little. listen, just spicy garlic was my go-to for years when we were yeah. doing boneless mm, Tuesdays legs. and legs yeah. back in the day. Absolutely. All right, Adam, you're okay. doing a good job. So, yeah, chips and, chips salsa, and salsa, bone-in wings, bone-in so wings. We're gonna allow bone-in wings, fine. Yeah. And then third is I'm gonna go with steak tartare. Nope, we're going with spumoni cookies. Spumoni cookies. <laughs> no. We're going with the lettuce wraps from P.F. Chang. Oh, you just lost me. No, those are phenomenal. No, they really are. <laughs> hey, Dan Patrice just called. And 
he'd like to draft lettuce wraps in the first round of the appetizer draft. What are y'all talking about? Meaning sink his own draft. It was the third round. First off, not the first round. And second, eh. what's, do you not like just wads of awesome chicken? All right. Here's the deal. They're fine. They're, they're fine. They're probably top 25 appetizer. I you mean, are full of it. So I mean, I, what? Okay. You said you had it. Give me your three. <laughs> Listen, oh. I will eat them if there's no other appetizer available. Are you kidding me? But there's probably so, 20 that I would have before. There's like, the there's like three wraps. other Chinese restaurant ones pot, I would pot rather stickers. have. Pot stickers. I'm gonna, one's on my the list. Pot stickers are way sweatier. No, the little no dumplings. Thanks. Pot sticks are sweatier, but they're still good. Dumplings. The dumplings. Oh, bao. I mean, bao's for Crab awesome. Rangoon. I mean, we're just listing things I'd order at PF Chang's before what you just said. False. (laughs) All right. Y'all are listing worse (laughs) items. No, they're way better. They're way better, and they're not on my list because they didn't stack up. So my number one. (laughs) I'm going to stop being nice. It's all right. Listen. (laughs) The gloves are coming off. My number one isn't even a challenge. It's mozzarella sticks. Boom. High five. Yeah, because they're the best. I'm going to put all the That was my number one. Mozzarella sticks, cheese curds. Well, see, I... I actually delineated, and I, I love a cheese curd, but I still would rather have a mozzarella stick. Me too. Me too. Especially a good from hey, especially do you like? Do, uh, well, okay, good. Do they have to be good? I mean, because like even a bad mozzarella stick isn't so bad. No, I mean, like a bad I'll mozzarella take, stick is like, decent. Okay, like, I know. I know we've been on the whole like weight loss thing yeah, lately, and so we haven't haven't done this so often lately. Yeah. But I am no stranger to an Arby's drive-through for the for best some mozzarella cheese, cheese in America because like, they're just, pretty good. They're pretty good. And yeah, but tell me who has better fast. ones. They're fast. For fast food, no one. No, tell me who has a better mozzarella stick. Oh, there's restaurants that have better mozzarella sticks. No, they sticks. don't. Tons of them. Yeah, they do. Where? Yeah. Uh, well, are we going to like name local places that no one I don't know. Well, is so somebody, the best mozzarella stick I've ever eaten is somebody yeah. breading is, their own? We've talked about yes, this recently. It's Naked Burger. Naked Which burger. is like right here in Rochester. There's two of them. There's one on Then I need side. to go there because... And it's the best mozzarella stick you've ever eaten. All right, then I'll have that. Um... There are most restaurants are just giving you Gordon's same foods GFS ones, or agree, whatever, but there sticks. is an upgraded one that you see at certain restaurants that's better, and it's like yeah. so I it's a little Ar- Arby's is strong on Listen, the Arby's is super strong. They're so the diameter is huge. The prop, so that's why I brought them up, and there's always a grease pocket right at the end. Always, it's so always. good. It's we used so to like. Good. We went to a lot of fast food in our day, Ben and I, for Lots. work, and I do remember having conversations about like not realizing that we were like trying to get in line second. So the other guy got the old Mott sticks that were sitting there waiting oh, for someone yeah. to order so that the <laughs> next guy gets the fresh ones. Because here's the thing with the Arby's Mott sticks. Their shelf life is short. Oh, they, yeah. They you got to pound those on the way home. They get bad fast. Don't you let them get home. No, no, no. It's too late. If you're home, you're, it's too late. You're chewing rubber. you got to eat them in restaurant <laughs> like or in That car. cheese has it's turned a, back into rubber. That's a fact. And Listen, it is not Here's ready. what the pandemic has done to me. If I'm working from home and I take a lunch break, I'm actually going to leave the house. A lot of times I'll drive to Romeo, go to Arby's, and then just go through drive through and then just park. Yep. And eat my Mott sticks right there. In the right car. There. Yep. You have to. And check out what my sister brought to Christmas this year. We did the favorite things thing where everybody brings their favorite thing and then you do the little gift stealing game. Well, we did a serious one and a joke one. The joke one was like $10 or mm-hmm. less. She had, as her joke one, these little dip holders that fasten to the vent of your car and hold the fast food That's awesome. dips. And I want them, and they're amazing. I, I believe it. They're so Here's great. The deal. You put a little ranch in the vent of your car in this little holder, and now you're eating Mott sticks in the say, car. When so I go great. to Arby's, so I have two like cup holders, yeah. right? You just in fill my, them in with my ranch? Console. No. One of them is going to be my drink. The yeah. other one is totally going to be that four-piece cheese sticks. Mm-hmm. Bam, right there, so that I can just grab and keep and, yeah. and, and go. Yeah. And the mozzarella sauce, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I don't care if it's not safe. It's in my left hand. <laughs> like I've already Me got too. it like pinched between the thumb and the first finger. So you're while driving, I'm holding you're the driving wheel. with oh, a I'm pinky. I'm driving with three fingers. You're driving with a pinky. Yep. I'm driving with holding three fingers 100%. holding my sauce and bam. You're driving let's do this. pinky to middle finger so that your index finger and thumb can hold the sauce. Yeah. All day 100%. long. And then you're dipping the other. You're dipping left I'm hand I'm just driving. saying you might want to look into these things that attach to the vent and hold the dip cup. It's They're fair. pretty great. It's fair. But yeah. Yeah. I would want one, I'm sure. Sure. So. Okay, so I'm so going to say mozzarella sticks is number, number one. By the way, Adam didn't list monster sticks. He was too busy doing uh, lettuce, lettuce, lettuce wraps. wraps. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. So, um, <laughs> which, by the way, calling you my daughter's name is not an insult. I was about am- to say that sounded yeah. odd. <laughs> Emma's amazing, but she loves a lettuce wrap like more than anybody you should. You know why? Because they're great. I, I, it's they're just, good. They're good. I wouldn't not eat them. You're right. Like I don't even really like I, like lettuce is like my least favorite. Like lettuce you gets know in the way. You would make a lettuce wrap one. better if it had a little tortilla to put that great filling in. If you got rid of the 100% lettuce, agree. And it was a taco. Deep fried it. Oh sure, if they gave uh, yeah, if they gave me chicken tacos as a as a as an appetizer, I'd order it. Yeah, but you know what they don't have on the menu? Chicken, chicken tacos. tacos as an appetizer. All right, go on. Fair. So Second, my number two is well, something we actually have already mentioned, kind of passing in this conversation, and it is the crab rangoon. I yes. love crab rangoon, and here's the thing: they're I'm, great. I'm going with what I've probably eaten the most of more because listen, mm. there's a lot of awesome appetizers mm. out there that are like crazy yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you, you get some yeah. really specialty things. If that you're are not amazing. mentioned, we don't want to offend you, appetizers. If you didn't get mentioned, right. there's so many. We, we, we will so invite great. you into our homes. We'll right. still eat you. Our bellies, four lettuce like all of it. I'll, and I maybe not. I may end up Ben and I made up with the same list, which is whatever, because my number three should be chips and salsa, but it's pretzel sticks. Boom. Are y'all awesome. really going pretzel sticks? Because they're. Dude, well, I've been with you and you ordered pretzel sticks at a place awesome. that had other better things, but you hot went pretzel sticks and pretzel they look stick. great. With, a hot pretzel especially stick, especially if they have a beer cheese, a, a cheese dip. Holy crap! Is the that best. amazing? And you, I, know, you know what you can't do, Ben? Warm up a pretzel at uh, <laughs> at Origins. <laughs> can't do that. Sorry, holy that's a cow! Inside baseball, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, so if you're at Origins three. across the street at the market and you're at the cold pretzel stand, that's really great. Just the, eat it cold. Don't ask them to heat yeah, it up. They, they, they real, don't want to hear it. But their pretzels offended. are lost. But, they're so but great. Chips and salsa is like my shout out. Like it was a battle for crab rangoon and chips and salsa to rank in there. There, I, there you go. Uh, have to apologize to pretzel bites because I totally forgot about them. That's no probably my actual number one. I love a pretzel more than wow. probably anybody in the world, but wow, totally you do. forgot about them. I, I don't know how. So, uh, Mott Sticks was my sure, number one. Sure. All, I've eaten so many of them. Bo- a boneless buffalo went number two. Nice. Okay. Love a boneless buffalo. Three, I might have went a little Patrice and went off the rails, but this is legitimately one of my favorites ever. I love the Southwest egg roll. They're good. Love them. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, oh, I thought this awesome. was going to be like, oh, you suck. No, they're so no lettuce wrap, but they're, but they're great. <laughs> I want to caveat this because my you know, you, Adam and I, we, as we've been talking about our weight loss journeys, my dad's a pretty skinny guy. He's not me. Like he's he looks a lot like me, but like minus eighty pounds. I've not. I've seen him order that like triple dipper platter. It's so great at Chili's. I've had that for dinner like as his dinner so times. many times. As his, so, like, many so many times. And it's Southwest egg rolls. I don't think he does moths. I think he does like sliders and, and the boneless, and boneless. Wings. That's a phenomenal dinner. Yeah. I've had that exact same order yeah, he's a done lot. It. I've lot. never done it, but he's done it. Because <laughs> it's amazing. You know why I haven't done it, Ben? Because our- You I feel like you shouldn't? Well, no. That doesn't stop me. <laughs> because you know how every family, and, and I can't, I don't know the, the appropriate phrase, but it's like the, the dinner, I'm going to say bully. The dinner bully? Well, our dinner bully is my 15-year-old, 16-year-old Lily. And she doesn't like yeah. chilies. You know why she doesn't like chilies? Because when she was like seven, she puked. Not because of chilies. Just at Chili's, like oh. before we had eaten. So now it's a mental. Block. So now it's just like I don't like Chili's. <gasps> oh, that's been like bad. eleven years. That's a shame. Uh, I, uh, okay, 
if, underrated chips and let salsa. Me, if good. I could pick That's a, a local place, they're like, good. Yeah. See, I chose one that was kind of nationally known, yeah, yeah, yeah. PF Chang's. If I were choosing a local place, the best like appetizer locally that I've found lately is at Bad Brad's, a local barbecue place. Yep. Um, uh, barbecue chicken nacho. Those barbecue nachos. Is that what you were going to say? Yes. It's are amazing. And so is one their of the pig best candy. Things. It's like this this brown sugar oh, honey. Pig candy is good. You're not bacon. Laughing. Like all of that I would take above the lettuce wrap. But I I don't know how many it's people know. Yeah. Like Bad Brad's that, barbecue. That is, I know that barbecue. Full plate of nachos. I guess that's an appetizer. Just like chicken wings tray. are. It's yeah, a tray. Yeah, nachos it's a tray. But yeah, it's, it's a, a shared apple chips and salsa. That is one of the top 10 things I might have ever eaten ever is that stinking it is good barbecue i've had it as well i stuck to national ones because to your point there's always awesome little appetizers or some custom thing but right for the conversational piece it was you know like one of the things i had this summer was like uh deep fried uh cheese well yeah it's always (laughs) awesome um half your half your list ruben ruben bites Wow, super good, and I don't even love kraut. Huh. Kraut's like, uh, like I'll eat kraut, but don't I'd they rather... have those at the place uh, in Columbus? Even uh, Gordon Beers or what, what's that place called? Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like they have the Ruben. I feel like there. The like Ruben. they might have. No, the 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 mayor, not the three headed mayor, but the crooked mayor or whatever. W- that one. What's that place called? I don't know. Yeah, they have Ruben balls there. I'm pretty sure. Sounds right. Now you said that, I think you're correct. Yeah. really good. All right, now it's my turn for you and you. Sure. All right. Dang. Here's the deal. We all like music. Well, pardon me. Me and Ben yeah. really like music. Matt quit listening to music in the 90s. Fair. And so what I've done is I've chosen 90s grunge lyrics because I know you were a grunge <gasps> fan. Matt. I was a grunge fan. Is this fan. a challenge? Yes. And oh, so I'm, I'm going to read this. off a, a lyric to I'm a song for this. and I need to know, I need you to name the song. I suck at this, but go ahead. All right. So here you go. Here you go. And these are not like, no one knows these sure, songs. Sure, sure, sure. This is, but this is '90s grunge. The first one is "Sell the Kids for Food." Weather changes moods. It's Nirvana, and it's I don't know the name of song. I don't know song names. That's my problem here. Sing it. Then you have to sing the song. That's the rule. I, Come on, sing it. I don't know it enough to sing it either. I'm bad at this. This is, it's a sing the lyric you just did. Come I, on, I, I don't know it. I don't. I know it's Nirvana. I recognize it. You are correct that it is Nirvana. I know, but it I don't the know the song. In Bloom. It is in Bloom. I was gonna. Say, I was about to. Say, I swear, I was gonna say in Bloom. I'll give you a point for that. Yeah. I was nowhere close to that. Yeah. Nirvana is a little bit of a blind spot for me. Wow. I was so. We talk about this. Uh, we talk about this like way on the list. I. If you had asked me at the time, I would have gone Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Twenty years later, it's Nirvana with a bullet. Soundgarden. Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam has fallen to the bottom for me. Well, you didn't even mention my favorite. I'm an STP guy all the way through and through. I love STP too. No, that's fair. I, they would be dead middle of that list both I, times. Alice in Chains is the one that I missed when we were in high school, and I like it a lot more now. Yeah. They're amazing. So yeah, Nirvana they climbed right. and Pearl Jam fell. No, actually, Nirvana fell for me. They I'm did the opposite. the opposite. I love Nirvana. All right, Adam, no, I'm ready. I'm going to get this one. Okay, then, Ben, you get, you get to guess this one, okay? Well, well, Matt can guess it. Well, Matt just got one. We're contesting it. It's a contest. It's, it's a race. Okay. It's a race. It's a race. It's a race. It's a race. Okay. Some things will never change. They stand there looking backwards, half unconscious from the pain. Dang, this is really hard when you're just saying the lyric. Will you? Hey, why don't you sing the lyric? That'll help me. I don't want to sing on this podcast. <laughs> I get paid to sing. I'm drawing. I know that. I know Wait, this. Matt knows it. Um, say it again. Um. Some things. Some things will never change. 
they stand there looking backwards, half unconscious from the pain. You're, it's it's not the big any of the big four we talked about. This it's, isn't any of the big four. It's um, he's got a high pitched voice. Oh golly, um, wow, he's so close. He'll never change. Oh, uh, he's they singing. Just stand now. there looking backwards. It's half because unconscious it's from the it, pain. it's um, oh. You just can't pull it. Sorry, no pound in the table. table. Sorry, it's um, man, this is great radio. Come on, Matt. I, I, Come on, baby. Give me the first word. I, I don't know. Don't give me a hint. Give me um. Come oh on. Oh my gosh, you're wow. so close. I am. It's maybe right, if Adam sang it a little right more. There. Some things will never change. I know yes. the song. I just, oh, I just yeah. stand there um, looking backwards, half unconscious from the pain, from the pain, and it may seem rearranged. Oh my gosh. Oh in wow. The swirling. Oh. Uh, whatever. I mean, ahead. that was the name of the song right there. Took, took in the, swirling pit the, of death. In the backwater by Meat Puppets. That was meat backwater oh, by Meat Puppets. I was puppets. not going to pull Meat Puppets. Oh, okay. Well, that one that one was great. Um, Were you going to pull Meat Puppets? Yes. Wow. That's, I like You're better at this game than me. Let's see here. Um, I mean, obviously I didn't. I but thought I, I knew music till I met you guys, I guess. Meat Puppets. Well, this is like the only music I'll ever be good at for this. Yeah. Meat Puppets. Okay. Um, Going to edit out some awkward pauses later. <laughs> uh, editing out some awkward pauses, we're going to end up with this. Okay, we have two more. All right. Here's this one. I want to be the girl with the most cake. I love him so much, it just turns to hate. Oh, no. It didn't ring any bells. Mm. Ring, it rang no media Maybe bells. Maybe if you sang this one, I'd have a, have a chance. <laughs> I want to be the girl with the most cake. Meat puppets. <laughs> it nah, is it, not the meat puppets. <laughs> that is doll parts by Hole. Oh, mm. uh, I was not a Hole guy. You gave us way too much it, credit. Yeah. So can I okay. tell a Hole story though? Yeah. I met Courtney Love. Hey. Um, in a very weird sort of like. So I'm backstage. I was working at Pine Knob, which is our local outdoor theater, and I had wandered from where I, I was a food prep- preparation person manager, and I had wandered off to just stand out of the stand. And she just kind of wandered up, and she's looking for something, and she's like, hey, excuse me. Uh, and she kind of snuck, and there was like a really tight space, so she kind of had to sneak by me and then said, hey, where's whatever? And I said, oh, it's over there. And she's like, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. And that was, that was it. Wow, it's that's love. an awesome story. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> One time, <laughs> One time. <laughs> I saw Barry Sanders at Gray Lakes Crossing. Swear to God. I met Barry Sanders. And he walked past me, and I looked at him, and I gave him the nod. And he knew that I knew. Yep. But I and didn't you say like, a word. I will respect. And never... I just gave him the nod, and he knew. And I think he respected that I didn't bother him because yep. he knew that I knew. Exactly. That that was no, Barry I'll never Sanders. ask for an autograph or picture. So when I met Barry at the gas station right here by Adam's house. Seriously? Seriously. I was, this is like 15 years ago. I, he, I'm behind him in line, and I didn't say anything, but I kind of did the same thing. He's like, nice shirt. I'm like, thanks, Barry. He did not. You have a wearing, better Barry story. I was than wearing me. a Scooby Doo shirt. Wow. 100%. Dang, I wow. hate you. you okay, have a better story here you go. Barry. Into the flood again. Same old trip it was back then. Oh, wait, I know this one. Oh, that's STP. It is not. Wait, into the flood again. Oh, no, no, that's Alice in Chains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, into the flood again. <laughs> that is uh, wood. Yes. 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 If oh, I nice job. would. All right. Could. Yeah. You. Ah, uh, Allison Chase is so great. So great. I were. listened to him a lot when me and my brother were texting that one day about how he wins every song, like our little game. Oh yeah. About how uh, who wins a song. <laughs> he okay, just wins last every one, song. Last one. I'm sorry, I lied. You're getting one more. All right. I Black enjoy. Hole, son. No. Sure. 
I enjoy stealing. It's just as simple as that. No idea. It rang no bells. It mm. triggered nothing. I got nothing. I was waiting for like even oh, flow. Man, or you something just, easy. That breaks my heart. That's Jane's addiction. Been caught stealing. Which, if you haven't listened to recently, oh, you need to listen to it again sure. because it's amazing. So you know what? When you when, when we first hit, um, uh, not mud puppies. Um, meat puppets. Meat puppets. Well, mud puppies. That's a Christian band. Um, bumble puppy. Whatever. Meat puppets. I was thinking Jane's addiction. That's what I was trying to pull. And then I remember, like, then I switched to. Band I couldn't remember which was Meat Puppets. So Do you guys ever dismiss a band because of their one hit song? And you probably did it like out of haste. And was that Jane's Addiction for you? Yeah, because they had that Jesus. Right, yeah. that was Jane's yeah. Addiction. I like that song. Yeah, I hated yeah. that great. song. Oh, I just man. hated it when it was on the radio. Wow. So that was almost. That I was never me, listened to him because of that. That was almost me with um, Rooster. Oh really? I didn't like Rooster. I oh. it was I should have. Oh, that's that's but a problem. Either it got played too much. Something about it just like I'm like. Eh, it I, was on Detroit radio a lot. Take, it I'll was. Give you that. And you I, go take your pretzel sticks and you sit no, in your no. own car and listen to whatever Celine Dion you want to listen to. I that came. That is going to be on. Do not do not do not talk to me about Rooster. I, I have not a being picture good. of Adam driving home, yeah. eating lettuce wraps, crying, <laughs> listening to Rooster. Now I will be. I came full circle on it. I'm saying at the time. Yeah. I just. Dismissed. Jerry Cantrell writing about his dad. I got it. Wow. You, got you it. are not you are not gonna besmirch the good name of Mr. Cantrell. Wow. That was but, a hard game. You that was a hard game. Harder than I expected. Um I want a very quick air frying story. Uh Emma, who we've referenced a few times now, has decided that she loves, and I mean loves, sweet potato fries. Eh, they're like my second to least favorite fry. They're mm. fine. Okay. I'll I'd, eat them. I'd rather eat a crinkle fry. I they're me too. Like I don't hate them, I'll eat them. But the point is, it's actually like good both. because I stay. I like with, she even I don't eat them when she makes them. But like yeah, our nice. air fryer has been plowing through sweet potato fries last month. I can tell you, just, my son has turned us all on to the uh, Totino's pizza roll. Well, yeah, it's, it's they're good. It's good. Well, but you understand when you make them in the oven, they're a lot better as a kid than they are as an adult. Like you yeah. try them yeah, as an yeah, adult, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. this is yeah. not great. It's like when you have Chef Boyardee as an adult, you're like, Terrible. geez, this Ooh, is awful. Like, this, really tastes like, this tastes like metal. Like, this tastes like <laughs> sad. Like, this tastes like, like, like sick. Yeah, it's like when you're can. eating that as an adult, you're like, where did I go wrong? Right. What did I do with <laughs> right. my life that and I'm like, eating? And like, how did this? I think this was good as a child? <laughs> yeah. This and, is worse than ketchup. Yes, like, yeah. I'd rather have had noodles soaked in ketchup than whatever this sauce right. is. Right. So Totino's yeah. was uh, the pizza roll was in that category until I had them in the air fryer, and it is incredible so you know what's funny they are better than the air fryer but i'll still like microwave two for nostalgia because i <laughs> like, i kind of like Ugh. soggy chewy pizza roll a little tiny bit nope yep i do nope that's a nope but, for but me. they're better listen don't be wrong it's worse than the air fryer but i will i, I like a couple in the microwave just you know what's how really good them. to air fry a little appetizer dip in some marinara are those little cheese filled raviolis the breaded ones sure why you not get them out of the freezer they're so good better than lettuce wraps i'm not trying them you should. And those lettuce wraps, though, they're amazing. Yep. Where can people get some swag, like some Motor City Gameworks shirts? They can head over hoodies. to the website. That's the best place to go, MotorCityGameworks.com. Hey, I was going to ask you. I might as well do it with all the people listening. Can we get a golf shirt or something, or do we, we have to go to a oh, different do we site? Need a, uh, we people might. needing a collar? Well, we might. If we're going to go to cons and like look spiffy and all professional and stuff, you know, yeah. we might need a golf shirt or two. You should look into that one. Matt won't wear it, but we will. He'll show up will. in the hoodie, and we'll wear golf shirts Fair. and make some sales. That said, mm. if you like, now that we've done had that website for a while, we probably could knock off all the extra stuff. Go logo. I don't think you golfers are not. It's a really good question. Yeah, I, would I don't totally remember noticing it. But I'll see if they have them. Yeah, yeah. 
and see what I can do. See what might, I can we do. We might sell one to Ben. Right. Three we'll to, see, we'll we'll see what three I can to do. me. Right yeah. on. That would be at MotorCityGameworks.com. Just Absolutely. click on the little link, yeah. go buy some swag, get the logo t-shirt, hoodie, get a mug, get a sticker for your laptop. It's all great. Mm-hmm. Anything else, guys? No, I it's think been great. Good. It's been good yeah. to talk to y'all. It's been a while. Absolutely. So go get three sisters in like one of seven different languages now. Check. Motor City's showing up. Can't wait for it. Keep an eye out for all the other cool stuff we got coming out. We'll yep. talk to you in a little bit. That's good. All right. That's the show, guys. Awesome. All right. See you. Shoes and legs are out to get me.